Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Well, Jack, here we are in Mark chapter 6. Now, the last uh, time we got together, um, it, it was a little heavy. Yeah, and you had the same shirt on, I I think. do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jesus is rejected in his hometown. Mm-hmm. He sends out the 12 to mm-hmm. heal the sick and cast out demons and shake the dust off of their feet when they're not welcomed. And then we hear about the death of John the Baptist. Um, and it's just some heavy stuff. So, you know, I just thought of something. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it just go came for my it. head. I thought I had to say that. Last time we talked about um, the disciples being sent out, mm-hmm. and uh, you talked about their message. What was their message? Their message was repent. Repentance, yeah. And you talked about repentance. And um, I thought, well, yeah, because what they were doing, this is before the death of Christ, it's before the, the gospel. So rather than sharing the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ for the salvation of souls, their message was repentance from sins that lead to death. And uh, so isn't it interesting that uh, we have a better message oh, yeah. to, to share? We have a better message. We have the good news to share. And um, we need to be sharing it because, you know, if it was important for them to go out and to begin to turn people's minds toward the kingdom, it's certainly important for us to go out and bring them into the kingdom right. through the death of Christ. Just thought about that. No, that's great. Go ahead. So here we are toward the end of chapter 6, and they're coming back to, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and Can you imagine the stories? I, yeah, I wish, you know, that's what we, we were talking about before we, before we start recording. Is that, Wouldn't it have been great to just... <laughs> Here's some of that. And, you know, yeah. hey, what was your experience? Hey, Where yeah, did you yeah. Go? You know, there's this guy, you know, you know I call him, you yeah. just it be going crazy. What I said. That guy yeah. wouldn't listen. Yeah. You know, or yeah. I healed his daughter and he still didn't, yeah. you know. Wow. I'd, I'd love to hear the stories. <laughs> All right. So let's read chapter 6, verse 30. And we're going to just break this into a few little sections here. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And remember, he'd sent them out with nothing. <laughs> you know. So I'm just imagining that. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now, I don't think that sometimes we understand or realize how important solitude with Christ is to take some time away. I think sometimes we live a workaholic lifestyle. We are so busy with everything that we're doing in our days that we do not have time to slip away by ourselves, just us and Jesus, and spend some time of rest with him. And uh, Jesus knew that that was a part of the rhythm of life, you know, and a part of the rhythm of life is to eat. Yeah. To eat and to sleep and to rest, you know, those kinds of things. And I, I love the way he brings them into the normalcy of that rhythm of life. And uh, it's interesting to me uh, how we need to tell our stories. Because when we tell our stories, it kind of um, solidifies the truth that we understand and know of what God has done in our lives. 
we tell our stories about how we shared the gospel with this person or someone uh, gave me an opportunity to minister to them in this way or that way, to tell those stories to our children and to just slip away for a while and pull away from, from the crowds and, and all the people. I think it's even harder today because the technology follows us. You know, today Jesus would say, hey, let's go get off the grid. Yeah, turn your cell phones you off. Know? <laughs> yeah, or, you know, put it on, put it on airplane mode. Um, because your thoughts, even if you're not doing something physically, I find it really hard to get my thoughts mm-hmm. to rest. Yeah, so you have to gather yourself and even get your emotions and your mental capacity, you know, kind of time to rest and kind of reset right a little bit so he understood that importance of rest and renewal Um, and then that's where it gets a little funny to me because it says now many saw them going and recognized them hey there they are and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them so you know they're trying to escape on a boat they can't even do it when he went ashore he saw a great crowd it's like hey let's go to a desolate place there's a great crowd (laughs) and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things okay this is where i see jesus being so much better than me (laughs) uh it is so difficult when people are pulling from you and dragging from you and taking from you to have compassion and to keep giving to, when you're empty and when you're void and when you, you're, you're tired and you're hungry to give more. And yet that is our savior. That is our Jesus. He was always looking at giving of himself. I think that's a beautiful thing. Uh, even though all of them didn't have the right motive for being there. But uh, I don't believe that Jesus had to work to do that. (laughs) You know, sometimes for us, when we think of being compassionate, we're not necessarily feeling compassion. Okay, we're 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 working it. We're doing something. Okay, Uh, it's like if, if I'm taking care of somebody who isn't a particularly nice person. Um, or they're they're mean, or maybe they've been hostile toward my staff, or something like that. Um, I have to work that compassion. Jesus wasn't wasn't like that. That is a great point. Yeah, he, the Bible he, says, "Don't grow weary." Yeah, in well doing or in doing good things. That's such a great point yeah. because sometimes if the person isn't gracious in receiving it, and yet our call is to be like Christ. You still keep doing it. You still keep giving good. And that, and I think for you and me, that's that's work for Jesus yeah, oh here. Yeah. It, it doesn't say. Um, let me find that verse again for a second. Um, and he had compassion on them. It doesn't say he he he, he forced he had himself it. to feel he compassion. Yeah, he felt compassion. And that word uh, in in the original Greek basically meant that he saw them and felt sick to his stomach. Mm-hmm. Not not like he was repulsed by them, right. but it's like if you hear some bad news, of, of something happened to somebody, and it's just like, oh, that just makes me feel sick. You know, I hear that we're recording this after uh, the shooting in Chicago, okay? 
And you hear some of the stories that are coming out of that, and it makes you feel sick. And that kind of sick feeling is the compassion. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about the 92-year-old man who's lived his whole life, and then that that's how he goes out. Or I think about the little kid whose both parents are gone. Um, when Jesus looks at the crowd, that, that's the kind of compassion that he's feeling. And he takes it a step further because he said he looked on them like they were sheep without a shepherd. Another passage describes them as being harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And the thing that's so beautiful about that is who is our shepherd? Je Jesus. It's, it's, it's a funny thing. The Lamb of God is the shepherd. He's the good shepherd. And so when he sees them, he sees them not as these harassed and helpless, pathetic people. He sees them as, as his sheep. sheep. That's right. Right. That's right. Well, you know, have you ever, have you ever worked in an office where there was turmoil? You know, <laughs> and every, every day, okay, so every day you go to work, you go into your office, and whether there's an individual or a situation uh, or whatever, when there's turmoil there, uh, it does. Like, it's it just like makes... asking if you've ever met another human being. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a few people in my life that I meet, and I just don't feel any turmoil with them, you know? But that is rare. Oh, I know. That's but rare. I mean, just think of how you feel when that turmoil just is continuous. Oh, yeah. And every day you go in, and, you, and it almost like you start feeling pressure. And you start to feel a little upset. You anticipate. You anticipate feeling it because you know. Uh, I had a, an individual, I don't know, that was uh, a bit critical of me for a particular thing, not important. But uh, we had, um, the church that I was serving, uh, we had a devotion time at 8.30. And we would meet every morning at 8.30, from 8.30 to 9, for devotional and, you know, marching orders. And one day I walked in at... 11, uh, 8.31. <laughs> and the individual person that was just driving did one of these. Lifted his arm and lifted his watch. Like oh, this. My. I mean, I wanted to like go across the table <laughs> and just start punching. Yeah. That's the way I really felt. And uh, here's, I, your devotion. here's your devotion. Here's your love. And uh, what I actually did was I did an about face. I repented and went to my office. Oh, it made me so mad I had to leave. I had to get out of that place. And I didn't have the right to do that. And so the senior minister came, and we had a little chat uh, that day. Uh, but sometimes it just, I don't know, it's just that we, we get into the situation as people uh, where there's just turmoil in our life, and, and we need Jesus. And I'm so glad that he's always ready to receive right. us, no matter what our attitude is and sometimes when that kind of thing happens to jack it's sort of like that person that turns on their heels is caught at a wrong moment mm, you know true because it, he didn't know what had that, happened in and, my life. and also if you'd had a different frame of mind it might have been different true. too that's true um so but yeah we're all guilty you know in that and that's why it's uh it, it's hard. I, I was just thinking yesterday, and I, and I brought this up with a couple of different people, how nice it would be. I mean, one of the things I'm looking forward to about heaven 
is everybody talks about the streets of gold and the mansions and the the new body and and all that. And that, that's great. And I'm looking forward to the new attitude, the new state of mind. Um, I I asked a patient the other day, just because you know I have to log into this thing, and then I have to when I'm sending a controlled drug, I have a two-factor authentication. I got to type in my password, then I've got to use a security code. And all of these things that we do are because you can't trust people. Right. What if we lived in a world where you could trust everyone? You wouldn't need a passcode for your phone. You wouldn't need a key for your house. All of these things that, that we do, if you stop and think about it, is because someone or many people or all of us can't be trusted, at least at some point, you know? Yeah. And Jesus sees that, <laughs> and he's got compassion because he knows that when we recognize our hurts, you know, when we've got somebody in the family that's got an unclean spirit or when we need healing or somebody else needs healing and we're desperate for him, so desperate that we're chasing him down, when he's trying to get away, <laughs> he just wants a nap, you know, uh, or he just wants some alone time with the disciples in the boat. But we're chasing after him. We find him, we hunt him down and we're right there on his heels and he can't help himself. But have compassion. He just can't help himself. If Jesus had a real weakness, his weakness was compassion. <laughs> so. All right, well, let's, let's read on a little bit. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, <laughs> okay. Our they relax, still haven't eaten, right? relaxation time <laughs> is, is gone, guys. We missed it. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Okay. It's like we're in Cody, Wyoming. And there's nothing open. And all the restaurants are closed. Except this one fast food place that, that's going to make you sick. That who knows how long this stuff's been sitting there because nobody's there. Um, Where did I hear that story? Yeah, I know. This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and the villages and buy themselves something to eat. You know, the disciples are like, "Okay, you may have compassion, Jesus, but we're hungry." <laughs> and the people, the people were always the ones that took his time. Oh, yeah. And the people were coming and going. You know, they were pressing in. You hear these phrases about the crowds that followed. And uh, it probably was really taking its toll on those disciples because they're men just like you and me. And they're feeling what we're feeling here. Right. You know, we're, the, the, the frustration with that guy, you know, oh, yeah, I saw that guy on the other side of the lake. What a jerk that guy is. That, you know, that's and, what I, and also, they're looking forward to telling Jesus their stories. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. they just got back from, from doing this amazing stuff. I mean, you know, they hadn't cast out demons before. They hadn't healed people before. Jesus gave them authority to go out and do it. They went out and did it. They came back. They're, we're going to tell you all this great stuff, Jesus. And then Jesus is like, but these people need me. <laughs> yeah, so so our brother Mike said this is a pivotal story in it the is. life of Jesus in the so Gospels. Is. 
It's important because it's included in all four of the Gospels, which that makes it important. All of them wrote about it. They all remembered it. And it was a spontaneous thing. It wasn't even planned. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. You know, maybe he planned it, huh? We don't, we don't know how the mind of Jesus works. I think he planned this kind of a moment. Yeah. He maybe didn't plan the details of it. But, and who but is remember, this for? Remember, he sent them out with nothing but one tunic and a staff. So who is this for the most? Right. Would you say the disciples? I'm thinking in this moment. In this moment, maybe so. because look at look at what's going on in their lives. So here he is, verse 37, chapter 6. But he answered them, what you, did you say? give them something to eat. Okay, you guys who I sent out with nothing. Who came back with who nothing. came back with nothing. You... Give them something to eat. Um, and, they, and read this the way they said it, John. Yeah, and they said, what, shall, we him, go? <laughs> shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? Now, 200 denarii would have basically been uh, what you'd make in, in about nine months. Yeah, so that is dripping with sarcasm. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? Oh, so, shall we go and spend 200 denarii to feed these people? Yeah. <laughs> especially, Total sarcasm. Especially when they had no money, too. Yeah, really. You know, That's why the... No money. Yeah. No money, no food. One token. Tired. Okay, or one tunic, excuse me. They had no tokens. Yeah. Um, and he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. So, you think when he said that, they're sitting there like... We don't know. We don't have anything. Yeah, we, we kind barely of have enough for ourselves. Says, okay, now go and see. Yeah, we barely have enough for ourselves is what I'd be thinking. Uh, and when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them all <laughs> to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. Can Organization. Imagine, yeah, can you imagine what they must be thinking at this point? What are the disciples thinking? You know, they're like, this guy's what? off. His rocker. He, 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 yeah. What this is the is point of getting this group? And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied and they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men uh, it would be interesting to see it when how it, he did it how it happened um, my imagination sees them going to Jesus and him giving them a portion of that and then them looking, and all of a sudden, their basket's full. Somewhere between the walk from Jesus to the people, the basket's full. And they give it out till it's empty. Now what do you got to do? You got to go back to Jesus to get more. That's the way I yeah. envision it, because, you know, you, a basket will hold so much, and they give that to those 50 people, then they go back to Jesus, he fills it up again. You go back, you go back to Jesus, he fills it up again. And as Jesus provides... The disciples turn around and share it with the people. The people get the 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 easy part. You just sit down there in that group and wait, and we'll come. We'll bring you all the food that you can eat. What an amazing miracle, really! 
just in the, and I think he did have it in his mind that uh, I'm going to teach something here with this, with this, the, the provision of Jesus, the unending provision of Jesus. He never runs out. There's always enough. Did the fish taste like uh, sea bass instead of some little pike or something that a little kid would have? I don't know. Uh, what did the bread taste like? I don't know. But that would be a great um, thing to experience yeah. for me, just to see that feeding of the 5,000. And what Mark doesn't tell us about the boy that brought the fish, that brought the bread, that had the lunch. Mm -hmm. And I always say that miracle is that boy shared everything he had. And Jesus took everything the boy had and he multiplied it and satisfied a crowd to abundance. And there's 12 baskets full. Wonder why there's 12 baskets full. Could it be that there were 12 disciples and each one of them personally could go and collect a basket full of provision? They didn't have to worry about food for tomorrow. Well, that number 12 meant a lot of things. Yeah. And also probably was a message to the people um, about the 12 tribes right. of, of Israel. Um, which still to this, that point, um, and even today, haven't been completely reconciled to their homeland. Um, you know, it was only a remnant of the, the Jewish population that actually went back from exile uh, to Israel. And you remember the kingdoms were divided, and it was basically Judea and, and Israel. And that's it. Because yeah, the, the rest were all dispersed and most never came back um, and even today um, most Jews in the world don't live in Israel um, it's a, a minority of, of that population that that live in, in their homeland in their homeland so um, yeah that, that 12 baskets represented a lot of things so you know Jack I, I really feel like we need to stop. just stop right I there. Um, I, I don't want to, to leave that moment because Jesus truly is our provision. And it's not just that he's enough. More he's than more that. than enough. He's never ending. You know, he, he called himself the bread of life. Um, he, he is truly the, the manna from heaven. And, you know, we've talked about this when we say the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. What is our daily bread? It doesn't really mean the food that we eat each day. It's Jesus in our life because he is the daily bread. He is our manna from heaven. He's the one who sustains us, who fills us, continues to fill us, and overflows. Um, and so, you know, when I... Don't treat people right. That's because I'm not allowing him to fill and overflow. True. That's right. Um, and that's, that's part right. of why we do this whole program. It's, you know, we say it's to help you focus on Christ. It's to help us focus on Absolutely. Christ, too, because Absolutely. he's the one who created us and sustains us. And that's where I want to rest right now. <laughs> You have anything else you want to add? No, Jack? just a great story of uh, of trust and faith and Jesus coming through. 
always, always coming through uh, for everybody. And uh, the disciples are witnessing that. They're a part of it. And uh, being a part of it, it should set in their minds and in their hearts of the fact that Jesus is enough and provides for them as well as the, the multitudes. And to maybe begin to look at the multitudes differently, look at the people differently. Let's look at the people through the eyes of Jesus instead of through the eyes of the disciples, which is more like us. Yeah. Yeah, send them away. Let them go buy for themselves. I have another thought about this because, you know, so often we'll experience some kind of mountaintop experience in our life. And, you know, you want to share that with other people. And it's like when you come back from a conference or a retreat or even a vacation or something like that. And then there's always something that just kind of brings you down, you know? And and so I'm thinking about in this moment where the disciples have come back, they've got all this stuff they want to share. Oh, you know, we did this, we healed that, all these things, you know, and, and Jesus turns their focus back to the people. Mm-hmm. And then what he says to them with all of this, it, it's not words. This is the action and the thing that he's done. He says to them, you guys think you've really done something. Where do you see this? <laughs> and the first thing he did before he broke one morsel of bread was he looked to heaven and he gave thanks. Now, what's he giving thanks for? Five loaves and two small fish? Or for the abundance that he knew was going to come from that meal that day? And I I get chills when I think about if, if I'm one of the disciples sitting there and I think that what I've done in those days that he sent me out was so cool and just so amazing. And then he feeds 5,000 people (laughs) with almost nothing. Um, Thanks, Jesus, for trumping me. But but no, it's it's sort of like, (laughs) what can he not do? What can he not do? do? For heaven's sakes. Yeah, and and that's where it is. There there is no limit. There's no end to what our Savior can do. And as you do, it's like as the disciples did this, I think their faith was growing because I think it helps when we're obedient to Christ, he tells us to do these things. When we're obedient and do them, then our faith grows. Don't sit in your living room and just do nothing and say that you have great faith. If you have great faith, then let's see you do something. That's what the scripture says. Faith without works is dead faith. Come on, get up. Let's do something. But I can't. Yes, but your faith is in God who can multiply Five loaves and two fish and feed thousands and have uh, excess amount left. So go give him yourself and just see what he can do. See what he will do for you and how he will uh, multiply your gifts and give you multiple blessings doing it. Amen. Thanks again for being with us, guys. We love you so much. Uh, Reach out to us at connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com almost forgot that. Um, And uh, we'll see you next time.